Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another really interesting, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying it. Not this time. You're not just saying it this time. I'm not just saying a really interesting episode of FNO InsureTech. That's Lee Boyd, who's on the intro today, but not on the podcast. I am not, but I am here for the intro. In fact, we're doing the intro, a little look behind the curtain after the podcast, and um, I'm able to hop on the intro, but I'm very excited about the one today. You, You spoke very highly of it. We we missed you. In fact, the the podcast gods kind of frown on you oh. missing episodes. Well, I know, uh, and and you probably know how that feels because I no. think you missed the last <laughs> no. one. No, no, I no. Don't. two ago, no. two ago. No, no, I, ago. I, I don't. Um, I get two credits for every one podcast I do. Well, so. you know, our our schedules over the past couple of weeks have just not lined up. No, we have we've no. had a little bit different schedule. It's true. Hopefully. Moving forward, we'll true. be able to do our next podcast together. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about this episode we did yesterday. I would love it if you did. Okay. So we have Scott Ham, who's the CEO of Pinpoint Predictive, okay. with us on the podcast, with okay. me on the podcast. And Not me. Um, how, how many, I mean, how many different products and services do you think we've talked about on this podcast? Hundreds, right? And multiple, and, two more than two hundred. And and there's there's some where you um, where we would finish a podcast and we'd look at each other and say, "OMG, yeah, wow, or wow, right?" Like I Big like one. like I remember that about Hosta, right? Oh yeah, right. oh yeah. We said that for months afterwards, we, we, right? And so that's kind of the the kind of episode this is today. That's the wow you got today. That's the wow that, that we have today, yes. Uh, Pinpoint Predictive is a, an AI-driven, uh, deep learning-driven product for yeah. actuarial and underwriting uh, functions in a carrier that I will go as far as saying is, is a game changer. A game, a game changer. A game changer. The, the kinds of numbers that they are producing as far as savings to a loss ratio really is amazing. They are using billions and billions of data points in a data set that is ginormous to produce predictive analytics and giving giving scoring, not using many of the traditional scoring methods at mm-hmm. all giving scoring about a risk uh, uh, that a carrier is looking at. And well, you said you said loss ratio, right? And if you're in the insurance space, you've not gone a day or a week without hearing loss ratio. You know, everyone is cost conscious. Everyone wants to make sure that they're insuring the right properties and that they're charging the right premium. So data like this, a company like this sounds just fascinating. Yeah, because if you get it right, uh, 
the benefits are 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 many, not to mention the bottom line. So uh, instead of listening to me talk about it, yeah, I, I want to hear Scott talk about it. We could hear Scott talk about it, but first we have to say. So where were you yesterday? Yesterday I was in Tampa, Florida. I flew into Tampa, Florida. We had just uh, Alacrity just uh, announced. I believe it was last week or the week before that we had acquired cross country adjusting. And I was there meeting with the executive team, just some really, really neat people. And we were talking about secret sauce and kind of what they do. And, um, I'm very excited about this, uh, this a- acquisition. So cross country is now part of the alacrity. Um, they are, they are a part of, of the companies. alacrity family. Uh, they'll be a part of the, the claims division, and and we're gonna we're gonna take uh, you know the best of everything, and we're gonna try to be even a better claims company than we are today. Who would you want someone to reach out to if they want to hear about that? Well, I think you know, heck, they could reach out to me if they wanted to. Okay. Um, okay. Good. I think well, they could they could reach right out to me on the on the website there on the FNO Insurtech podcast website, and I could point you in the right place. Perfect. But until then. Until let's let's get to this uh, podcast with Scott Ham, CEO of Pinpoint Predictive. Hey everybody, we are here with our guest and without our co-host Lee, who is traveling today, so not available for the podcast. But who needs him when you have a guest like the one we do today? We have Scott Ham, who is the CEO of Pinpoint Predictive, which is out of California, out of San, headquartered in San Mateo, California. Welcome to FNO Intratech. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's 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 nice to have you here. Even though you are not here, where are you? I am actually uh, in Georgia, uh, east of Atlanta. So mm-hmm. spending my winter in a warmer place. <laughs> and what about your summer? Is that somewhere else? <laughs> in the same place. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I have to say that your PR person who made all this happen and hooked us all up, Shannon, is in Italy. So you and I are nowhere compared to where she is. She's And, and Scott and I have decided that she's off drinking wine, eating cheese. Right. Um, the, the timing of our interview is just perfect for that first glass. That's that, Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's happy hour there. So anyways, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Let's start. Let's just jump right in and talk about Pinpoint Predictive. And if you could start by telling us a little bit about the company, what it is you guys do and what you do there. Sure, sure. And maybe if you don't mind, I'll start with the the last uh, latter part first. Sure. And maybe it helps understand Pinpoint a little better to understand why I'm even here. And then we can talk about about Pinpoint. So I've been in the industry for, for quite a long period of time. I actually start off in the legal area. And uh, was a general counsel for various business units within Transamerica Insurance and became uh, CEO uh, of Transamerica's life insurance and uh, non-life business and held that position for years. And one thing that I noticed during that time are things that we could be doing better. And really, it's the main one is getting to know our policyholders, getting to know, know consumers better than we were. Uh, and, and the advantages that would give to not only us as the company, but also to the policyholder uh, by knowing them better, 
uh, they can have more relevant experiences. So that was my MO uh, and where I was focused. I think we did a great job. After Transamerica, I went to McKinsey for three and a half years. And what I, what I found out of McKinsey, first of all, beyond them all being very, very smart, was that as a whole, the industry wasn't doing a very good job at understanding the individuals, the consumers that were buying the insurance products. When InsurTech was getting started, you know, we, we started to see a better viewpoint of the things that were being insured in PNC. So the Internet of Things. We began to understand the house more, the car more. When you look at small business, we began to know the business more. <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of focus on the individual who owns the house, on the individual who's owning the car, or the small business owner. And that's a lot of uh, your risk profile uh, when you're looking at these, these policies. And I began to, to mentor uh, startups at InsureTech New York and ran into Avi Tushman, the founder of Pinpoint, uh, at a virtual event in December of 20. And Avi explained what he and his team had been had built uh, with Pinpoint. And <laughs> frankly, I, I got very excited. As an insurance person, I was very excited uh, because I saw a, a potential here uh, to really bring a solution to insurance that would have the impact we haven't seen in, in decades, you know, since credit uh, came, came around. That was the first real inkling of knowing who the individuals were was when, when credit was finally entered the entered the market. And when what Avi told me and, and what has proven out, I joined and, and became CEO in July of 21, is that we are, we are bringing predictions to carriers, utilizing behavioral predictors that have not been typically used in insurance and providing carriers with core insurance outcomes, uh, loss predictions like claims severity, frequency, loss cost, uh, but also uh, scoring them in terms of litigation propensity, uh, SIU referral uh, propensity, early cancellation, premium leakage in those areas. So when, when you can see that kind of individual intelligence that you can provide to a carrier, that fills that gap that, that you and I were, were talking about. Um, and I'm, I'm running on a bit, so I'll, I'll pause. So- you have you were at Transamerica. I know Transamerica as a basically as a mostly as a life insurance company. Was that where you came from? Uh, yeah. So Transamerica is predominantly a life insurance. Uh, we also had niche uh, property and casualty insurance. Mm -hmm. We were not personal lines, right? Uh, but we did have P and C carriers or P and C products uh, that we uh, offered out to the public. So I had some some view into the P and C world, and then really enhanced that view after uh, Transamerica as I spread up, spread out at uh, McKinsey. But I would think coming from a from a life background, understanding the individual is very important. One hundred percent. And, and so that maybe influenced your your approach here. For sure, because, you know, the, the underwriting area is so important and, and knowing what what and who you're insuring uh -huh. um, and to be able to have that kind of additional intelligence that you can utilize in making those decisions. Uh, again, it, it helps everybody uh, to have that. So you're an insurance guy at an insure tech, longtime insurance guy. 
with lots of executive experience. You're doing consulting work, which is really cool. And you meet Avi, the the co-founder. Where was the company at when you guys started talking or when you met in late 2020? Yeah, the, the company, Avi and, and team had, had really uh, been looking for that market fit and had explored other areas besides insurance, but had turned their attention to insurance and was, was really just uh, beginning that journey uh, into insurance, which is why he became one of the first, the first cohort uh, at InsureTech New York uh, to get started. So it was oh, really, really, from an insurance perspective, it was really getting started at that time. And so you joined it. Did Was it like, did a light bulb go on for you immediately? And and maybe we should, before I before you answer that, let's talk about what it is that Pinpoint provides uh, as a product. Sure, sure. And and, and it, it probably I'll I'll go into really how the platform is built and the end product that's provided to great to our our clients, which are carriers uh, and uh, MGAs, uh, but predominantly carriers. So Avian team for for years collected trillions of behavioral predictors from third parties, uh, compliant third parties. That's always important, especially with my legal background, but also collected their own first party behavioral economics data. Interesting. That we marry those data points, those predictors, and build out a uh, behavioral footprint, uh, or if you can think about it, like a behavioral profile. And we have built these profiles on uh, over 250 million U.S. adults. So almost all U.S. adults, we have yeah, a that, behavioral. That would be, that would be, that would, <laughs> I think that's more than all of them, right? <laughs> we, we, have, uh, we, have, we, have a, we have a profile on, on everyone. And the data we're collecting, I, I, I mentioned briefly, but the data we're collecting is not typically collected by insurance companies. It's more tran- behavior transactions, activities, uh, you know, how we do our daily lives. Uh, if you will. Uh, and because fairness is so important uh, to, to me and the team, w- there are certain data points we don't collect. Uh, so we're not collecting individual credit scores. Uh, we're not collecting zip codes, protected class information, natural language uh, information as that could lead to bias. We don't scrape social media. Uh, we don't go into your cookies. I'm just trying to eliminate all those hesitations that people have with an AI-based platform, and we're a deep learning uh, platform. So we've built these uh, profiles or footprints on U.S. adults. Our our, uh, technology then can correlate those profiles with core insurance outcomes that are going right to the heart of insurance. Loss predictions. Okay. Yeah. So for example, loss, right? Right. Loss Loss predictions. So at the very top of the funnel, which is important, that's where we operate is is when a a consumer begins that experience uh, with a carrier or uh, shopping uh, for a carrier. At the very beginning of that process, uh, we can let a carrier know through our prediction the claim severity, claims frequency, and actual loss cost of that consumer before they even get in the door. Uh, and that's that's phenomenal to have that kind of intelligence. That uh, that sounds like a magic. Oh, it, I, I actually you, you asked. You know, I I got so excited with this idea <laughs> uh, and this product, and that's why I'm here. Uh, I see this as a way to really solve you know a couple key elements: solvency issues and fairness. 
uh, and we can address both of those uh, when we want to. But I, I think it's also key to understand that in addition to those loss predictions, which really are flagship products, we, we can provide risk scores, which are focused on specific areas. So litigation propensity, how more likely than average is somebody to litigate uh, SIU referral, which is really fraud. Right. Uh, and early cancellation and, and premium leakage and have all that information at the very beginning, at the at the door. Um, uh -huh before they get in, not waiting uh, until you get to the underwriting decision. It's just, to me, it's a disservice to the customer to have them go through that whole process if they're not in your risk appetite anyway. And from a carrier perspective, be smarter about who you're bringing in and it addresses issues that uh, the industry is dealing with right now. Are your carrier, I'm jumping ahead a second, are your customers finding the, a strong correlation between your score and the experience that they then have with their insured. Yeah. So the, the, the beauty of, of how we uh, operate is our proof of value, which is a back test. Right. And we will, they will back test and validate the lift they would get uh, and would have gotten by using uh, pinpoint. So it's, it's real world uh, validation uh, done by the carrier uh, to show the impact that Pinpoint will bring to their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, coming up with a score is one thing, but coming up with a score that's valid is really where the gold is. That, that's right. 100%. I mean, uh -huh. there's to, to, to be able to take uh, what we have and attach it to actuarial distributions like we were talking about so early in the process, it, it improves those models we were talking about. So if you're better at risk selection and risk stratification, then you, the, the information and policy or potential policyholders that are coming through the pipeline are more in line with your appetite. So your underwriting model will end up working better. Your, your rating model is going to operate better. So it really helps the whole process. So I have to ask you, do underwriters like you? Do underwrite are underwriters like, wow, this is cool, or are they like, no, nah, I got, I got this. I don't, I don't need, I don't need your stuff. I would say that underwriters like us, and they, uh -huh. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, we are not a, we are not a threat to the underwriters. We actually help an underwriter do uh, her or his job by giving them some of right. that intel right. that they wouldn't have uh, right. in the past, and frankly. As you know, this underwriters, those cases that are slam dunks that come in with a, a prediction from pinpoint that shows, you know, what you should move with this one. Mm -hmm. They don't need or want to spend time on that. They want to practice their craft and right. their art uh, right. and give them the more difficult cases that they can they can really work through. Right. Does this take the art out of it? If they start by saying uh, scores above X are we're going to underwrite. Does that take the art out of it? I would say what it does is enhance uh, the capabilities for those cases that don't need the kind of artistic capabilities underwriters bring to the table. Those are the ones that, you know, from a thought process, it meets the benchmarks in various areas that even, even today there are, there are certain metrics and benchmarks that allow for immediate, immediate bind uh, or straight through 
uh, processing. That's not taking the art out of it. That's just acknowledging that there are some that you don't need to spend that that bandwidth on. Your time is better spent elsewhere. Yep. Right. Yep. You, you don't need to spend time. You don't need to do the the same check on a slam dunk as you That's do right. at, from as a shot from mid court. That's right. <laughs> so your customers are they. PNC are they property? Are they auto? Are they life? What, who do you, who do you serve? Yeah, currently we're focused in the PNC area. Uh, we have a, a, a couple outliers, but PNC is really our focus. Uh, and as that's just from a company standpoint, it made sense to you know you've got to prove your your hypothesis. And we've talked about uh, what uh, what hurts insurtechs. Some of what hurts insurtechs is not being able to focus on the particular problem you're solving and not get distracted with with other areas and, and chasing that shiny object. Uh, for us uh, right now, PNC is our focus. We are we're fairly equal in terms of our home, auto, and small commercial, which are the three areas of of focus, uh, and pr- fairly evenly divided in terms of number of clients. There, we we definitely have application outside of PNC, uh, and we will get there in a very thoughtful manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you don't have to conquer the world. No, in a, no. In a day. So, if you are a Florida insurer, property insurer in Florida, where the litigation environment, though it's it's evolving, has been particularly difficult, particularly challenging, and adverse. Can they come to you and say, we want to take your litigation product, your litigation propensity re, uh, scoring, and use that? Can 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 they pick and choose the parts of the of the puzzle that are important to the particular uh, carrier? They can, they can, and we're a very automated system, so they can actually make those selections uh, on our platform. And you you are very in touch with the insurance industry. I appreciate that uh, because certainly there's a lot of interest um, and use of of pinpoint in a state like Florida uh, because because I, I do agree that there's some the winds of change are coming there. Uh, through the recent regulation or legislation, uh, but there's still there's still issues to deal with, and so if that is their main issue, we certainly uh, uh, have a product that they can utilize. Uh, we'll always encourage them uh, to take a look at the loss predictions because its overall uh, loss ratio or combined uh, ratios are are challenged, and to the extent you can look in there and and before even engaging with a consumer, know what kind of claims. Uh, potential there is there from a frequency and severity and cost, uh, that's going to benefit them a great deal uh, in the long run. So yes, they can pick and choose. We certainly uh, want to help them uh, look at that that loss uh, loss area as well because it's it's eye opening. How has the uh, legal community in general responded to a product like yours? One of the interesting things that we've talked about in other episodes is what's going to happen when AI really starts to get tested and pushed around in the courts. Is that relevant for you guys? Do you have any experience there yet? Or can you speak to that? Oh, certainly. I think it's a very important issue. You and I had referenced fairness uh, earlier. I think uh, fairness bias however you want to describe mm-hmm. it is right. is very important not only to the carriers but to the regulators and 
I believe, and we as a team believe, that you have to be ahead of that. And there are ways to get ahead of that. One way not to do that is to put your hand in this or head in the sand and say, we'll, we'll address it when it happens. Right. Uh, I think carriers and insure techs have to realize that uh, being proactive here, following the trends uh, is the way to go. So I'll, I'll give you, for instance, with us. Yeah, please. We have gone out and secured a very reputable independent third party that did a bias audit on our models. And this, this is a firm that is, is, I think, beyond reproach. They've actually ha- helped develop the NIST standards and work o- across industries and, uh, and verticals, which is important. They tested our models, not only from some of the existing insurance regulation, but you know insurance is trailing a little bit uh, when it comes to that, but looked across to employment, looked at housing, banking, uh, and and look to see how are our outcomes when weighed against some of the regulation that is in play and has been in play. So there's there's really no fuzziness to it. There are benchmarks and standards to hit. And so getting that kind of audit by an independent third party is is key. And then that third party is willing to give you a certificate that outlines the audit that was done also relates that they've reviewed the data that we utilize and there's nothing in there to cause disparate impact and nothing that could be a proxy (laughs) for something like that. Having that and spending the money to get that, that's not going to be a cheap endeavor. Spending the money to do that from an insure tech, I think is step one because we're dealing with regulated entities and they're, they're within their rights to, to question uh, what's what's the outcomes on this thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if yeah. a lawsuit's filed, you know, will be filed against you or us. Yeah. Who's um, being excluded? Right, right. So, so proactively getting these this audit, uh, I think, should be step one uh, for for every insure tech. And when carriers are looking at vendors, they should ask uh, or demand a certification like that. Uh, that should be part of their due diligence. And I think the NAIC proposed guidelines are in line uh, with that kind of due diligence. Uh, I would also say that, that SOC 2 Type 2 uh, certification is, is hugely important. Uh, and you know if it's not step one, it's 1A. Uh, so those types of steps then relay to the legal departments at the carriers that you're not a fly-by-night outfit. You know what they're, what business they're in. Right. You understand the landscape. Right. And we're here to help. We're giving documents to them that they are free to give to a regulator if if they've if they've asked for it. Right. Because I mean you're you're helping them, like you said, solvency. You mentioned the solvency and fairness. You're you're helping them to make good choices because that those good choices ultimately end up being, will you be solvent or not? For sure. And, and Rob, if you, if you think about it, one thing that's happening, and you can stop me if I get on a soapbox, one thing you see happening- Attorney out there, getting on a soapbox? When does that ever happen? <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> never, never. <laughs> Luckily, my family's not here to give me that face like, oh, my God, all the time. Here he goes. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, being in insurance for a long time, we're in this to provide people peace of mind. And you see today that carriers are leaving geographies. Mm-hmm. They're leaving lines. Yeah, I live in California. Right, right. And and they're they're doing it. And by the way, I, I understand, but that's because oh. they're they're operating with legacy levers to deal with the profitability issue. One of them is keep the rates coming. Well, that's slowing down or or being rejected. <laughs> so answer two is we're get we gotta get out. When my my proposition is be smarter up front. Know who the person is you're insuring. Send them down the right pipe. And with that intelligence, you can either see whether they fit your risk appetite or not. If they do, maybe it's different tiers of risk appetite and pricing may be different for these folks. But you're taking all that into account and you're you're doing what we all set out to do, which is providing folks protection. What do you do when you have a, le- a big legacy book in a state, right? And and the regulators say, I'm sorry, you can't redline. Um, I think that's the term. Mm-hmm. If you offer it in California, you have to offer it in California. Right. Not just right. the zip codes you want to be in. Um, right. And you come along and you say, well, I have this. That Okay, we'll stay. I have this tool called pinpoint that's going to help me do that. I, it, how does that go? Do, no, no, great line of, uh, of thinking uh, because we've talked about the top of funnel. So that's, that's your growth, right? Strategic growth. So now you're being smarter on your, on your growth. Uh, new, and, and new, new business. New business. You can also use pinpoint uh, at renewal. Right. Uh, so when you're developing your renewal strategies, what better way? Because you can score with us through real-time API or batch. So if you had a couple million, you could you could upload a couple million, receive the scores back, and then determine a renewal strategy on on your policyholders. Whether that means, you know, hey, Scott's somebody we want to make sure we keep, so we're going to make every effort to to renew with him. Um, and Shannon, uh, she needs some additional underwriting. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna send her for some underwriting. That in itself will help. It's not gonna get everybody. It's not gonna help 100% of your your book, but it's gonna it's gonna right size that book a bit because after underwriting, uh, you can still retain Shannon, but she may have a different price point. Um, and that that brings up another issue that we're we're really making sure carriers understand is that's going to happen, and and there will be folks that say I don't want to go through this. I'll just go to carrier B. And you'll be adversely selected because there's a reason why their premium was going up, right? Uh, and now they're going to another carrier. So utilizing us to to protect against that adverse selection uh, is a key component too. So hopefully that answered your question. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I want to move to the world of AI, which of course everyone's interested in. Everybody's hearing a lot about. Would you... Is it fair to say that Pinpoint is a company that leverages AI um, actively? Yes, we're, we're a deep learning based uh, platform. 
Okay. Tell me why you use the phrase, the term deep learning instead of AI. Well, AI is sort of an umbrella term <laughs> describing these. And, and when you look at it, so there's like Gen AI uh, now, which is a subset of AI, machine learning, which is a subset of, of AI, and then deep learning is actually a subset of machine learning. So I say that just to be specific, because AI is just that umbrella term that that um, is utilized, and you really have to hone down. Okay, what are you using? Because we're not, we actually aren't a gen, a generative AI platform. We're a we're a deep learning platform. So help our audience understand for those people who don't understand uh, what that is. Help us to understand what deep learning is. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you. The simple, I hope simple explanation because Good. I'm simple. Good, because I'm uh, if, simple. If we if we want a really detailed one, you know, Avi can can join in and and he can help us along. But if you think about what what we're talking about here, it's neural networks, um, just like just like your brain, and and deep learning has more layers of neural networks than typical machine learning, so that it's taking in the information and not just processing but learning from it and getting stronger and better as as more data processes through it. Because of the additional networks I'm talking about, deep learning takes a lot of data. Sure. So that's why we, we process the trillions of behavioral predictors, because the more data, the better. When we're dealing with carriers, the more data you can, you can upload, the better. Your, your model will be better. Uh, with more, so that's that's my simple way of of looking at it. It's uh, almost cognitive in a way <laughs> that um, that it's beginning to think through and get smarter uh, with with the tasks that we've uh, given to it. So, so it's taking trillions of data points, gathering them all up, and then saying, "Hmm, my task is to assess this person, this application." based on all these data I know about them in terms of an application for an insurance product, right? That That's correct. That's correct. And, and it does that. How long does it take it to do that? You know, our, our, our risk scores, a model can be trained and, and, and ready to go in 24 hours. <laughs> um, the, the, the loss predictions are a bit more complicated and, and take 48 or, you know, I'll, I'll say 72 just so we can uh, under-promise and over-deliver. Uh, but because of how much power is in the system, uh, how fast it works and the automation, uh, it is our proof of values can be done uh, in, in a matter of a week. And it, then the rest of the time is taken by the, the carrier and us evaluating the results and, and deciding where to go. Doesn't that take a tremendous amount of processing power? It does. It I mean, does. you're talking about replicating the brain in, in a machine. It right? does. And this is where I won't give it justice, but we're using GPUs because of that uh, exact comment uh, is mm -hmm. it takes so much that it would just, it would drag down anything else. Uh-huh. And so when you approach a carrier, are you asking to speak to the the underwriting department? Is that where... The, the door that you're looking for? You know, actually the, the preferred door is into actuarial 
depending on size of the organization C-suite, or at least the, uh, the head of whatever line uh, we're talking about. And, and the reason that's uh, preferred is we're dealing with their loss models. And that usually is focused in, in the actual actuarial area. And in terms of doing a financial impact analysis, that's also usually done in the actuarial area. And then they can relate and validate to the business lead, pinpoints lift, and the business lead then can decide where where to put pinpoint. And when actuaries get their hands on this, what kind of response are you getting there? What What's the relationship like over time? Well, I, I would say some of the testimonials are actually on our website. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool that we have testimonials from chief actuaries on there <laughs> because they are so in tune with that those loss models that we were talking about and, and the loss ratios of the company, and they're charged with with improving that. But uh, you know, we've heard things from this is the the biggest advancement in twenty years in terms of being able to help us select risk better and acknowledge it better to easy to work with and improved our, our loss ratio by three to four points uh, just by putting it into our strategic growth uh, initiatives. So it's, you know, that type of impact on loss ratios. And we've seen anywhere from two to 12 points of impact on, on the loss ratios. You're kidding me. I mean, that's, those, that's a stunning number. Oh, it's, I'll be honest, it's, it's astonishing to me. Uh, when uh-huh. I, yeah, when I mean, I first, as an old, old time insurance guy, where, where do you get those kind of, you know, improvements? I mean, sure, your board says, can't you get us two to 12, right? And you stand in front of the board and you say, are you crazy, right? But Well, it, it, uh, it definitely helps you out because you've, you've seen this where you're sitting in your, in your prioritization meetings and whatever department says, well, this is our priority. Well, if, if you have something like you do with Pinpoint, we'll take the mid-range that could help our loss ratio by seven. Then I think I turn around and ask my folks, okay, what other things do we have that are going to help our loss ratio by seven points? And we'll put those ahead of, of Pinpoint. <laughs> and I don't think you'll get many uh, many items ahead of Pinpoint. And another thing that's really I'm proud of uh, with our team is this is something that's easily deployed. When the proof of value is done, the model is built. There's no because IT. Because you already have this built for 250 million people locally. Yeah, it's, re- it's ready to go. There's no coding needed on the carrier side, uh, no real IT it's just that you, you have a portal, they go into the portal and they enter the information and then the, the time goes by and they, it spits out the information. Right. Or if they're doing it in real time, we have real-time API that will spit it out in milliseconds and uh, they they move on with their process fast. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm with you. And I think it's good when I've been with the company now for you know going on two and a half years and I still... I'm not only astonished, but really excited about the impact that we can bring just by bringing in some different predictors that aren't typically used by using the platform we're using. Deep learning is not typically in insurance either. So bringing those really to help these, these uh, I think, real issues. Uh, uh-huh. And so without asking, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to name any customers, but what's the... 
What's the reception like? I mean, we work in an industry, as you know, that things don't happen quickly, um, that there's a lot of risk aversion, and um, uh, you're talking about changing a process that has taken you know decades to evolve into what it is today. Are you finding customers? We certainly are, uh, for sure. We have we have a good customer base. Uh, we're doing we're doing well. I, I actually would answer the question uh, in in two respects. Just by the last InsureTech Connect conference and seeing how many folks were at our booth, how many meetings our sales team uh, was able to get. Uh, you know, they worked their fingers to the bone, making sure to get to everybody. And the follow-ups since then, which is a key, right? The follow-ups since then haven't waned or tailed off in any way. So you can really see see what's going on. That being said, you hit on something. It, it's the insurance industry and the sales cycle's long. Uh, no matter how much we think we can speed it up, we're, we're not in control of 90% uh, of that. What, what I can tell you, and I think a great indicator of the future is because it's our platform is so automated. We do have a new client that went from first call to commercial agreement in four months. That's that's lightning. Fact. And that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, from a fingers perspective, uh, Avi has has told me this. This client became a client and our engineering group didn't even know they were there because it's it's them doing it and the platform working the way it should be. And how big is your company now from uh, employees? We have 18 uh, uh-huh. employees uh, located across the country. Okay. With 18 employees, some folks want to know, well, how big are you going to get? Is it a couple hundred? This is a this is a scalable business because of the the, the true automation that our team has built uh, and done a phenomenal job of it uh, so that scaling uh, is not an issue with us. It's a business that we won't have to have those uh, 500 employees, 200 employees. We just don't need it unless we go international and we'll have to do something there. But uh, very, very good scalable business. So you're an insure tech, clearly. Uh, are you venture backed? We are. Mm-hmm. We so are. you're you're following the more the tr- what I hate to use this term traditional model of, of, of how InsureTech uh, gets started and continues on. Yeah, I would say that it's funny. I, I, the, the word traditional InsureTech for me, sometimes it brings, brings some thoughts and feelings <laughs> because uh, I, I think we're actually uh, the new wave uh, of InsureTechs because yes, we're using venture money. We're not getting, you know, a hundred million. We don't need a hundred million. We need enough that allows us to staff appropriately, get the technology where we need it, and we can survive on revenues. Wow. That's what that's what we want to be able to do. Yeah. And it's not just to get money from venture folks, burn it, and then go for another round. Uh, our our strategy, even in going through our, our Series A, is this is what we need to get us to profitability. We're, we're not saying this is what we need and then we'll do another round down the road. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying our best to run a real company that, right. that is done in a very thoughtful 
manner and grows in a thoughtful manner. Well, we talked about that before we started recording today about the evolution of InsureTechs going from being um, all, all technologists early on or primarily technologists to being now a blend of uh, insurance people uh, or insurance professionals and technology professionals working together because that the, the, the knowledge, the industry knowledge and the, just the uh, product knowledge is so critical because it is a complex product that that's being produced here. It's not buying a, buying a widget online and having it shipped to you. Um, it's a long-term complicated, highly regulated product. And so uh, how has it been for you? You, you came from life insurance. Life insurance has a, has a reputation for being as far, as far, behind, and I hate to put it that way, as the PNC world is, which is primarily where I've worked, the the life ha- life has a reputation of being even further behind, right? Like yep. still using paper kind of stuff. <laughs> Can you fax of, that to us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so um, uh, how's that been for you to, uh, I mean, you were at McKenzie in the, in the, in the, in, in between, so you've seen a lot, clearly. Transamerica, big, successful company, you've seen a lot. But that transition to being at the, to, to coming from the back to being at the front. Yeah, I, I think, and, and one, I, I want to make sure, because we are a team made up of technologists and, and the best and insurance executives. I mean, we have executives from other insurance companies that have joined us, and it, it brings that kind of perspective. So when you're saying, how is it, I, I think that, it's been helpful. I'm not going to say you don't get frustrated. You know, I, I used to be in the chair and people complaining about how long our our folks took to to go through a proof. You know, it's death by proof of concept. And I would, you know, we're doing the best we can. And <laughs> now I'm on the other side. I'm like, oh my god, this is really bad. <laughs> so that part's frustrating. But having the and I think this is where you and I were talking that. Having folks from the industry allows you to have that perspective that you know what they're dealing with, and they're not throwing you all the time a made-up excuse. It is truly the process they have, and it may not be the best one, and we hope everybody gets better, but it's what they have. It's it's working through that process and having the credibility to because of your experience, having the credibility to show them that we get it uh, and this is where we're going to help you. Uh, and we actually have better ways to do something. You should you know, give them a shot. We know you're going to do it your way, but, but why not try to do it our way too? Uh, I, I think that kind of industry knowledge and experience is where we're really helped uh, because we're talking peer to peer right? Uh, exactly. with them. And that, that's a big difference. That's Again, so not that doesn't important. get frustrating. So, so important. So on a monetization level, is it a SaaS business? Do they subscribe to your product and it sits there for when they use it? Or is it a by, by application, by use product? It's, it's by application, by use. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a minimum, a minimum amount of usage. Uh-huh. On a monthly basis. Correct. Or however, whatever. Some of them pay quarterly. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, 
it's what a pleasure it's been to hear all about your company. I think it's just wow, what a great place, what a great place to be at. I mean, I can understand why you made the move, right? It must be thrilling. I mean, to see a product like this, knowing all that you know, and then to see a product like this, I mean, it must just have been thrilling. Oh, it, it is. And I, I still remember very clearly that first meeting uh, with Avi where he was walking me through what had been built. And it, it's one of those where, you're, you know, if that's true, oh my. <laughs> and and you know what? It is true. And you still say, oh my. I, I Every time you see the results of a POV, you just you shake your head and you say, I'm, I'm so glad we're here. And I'm so glad to be working with the industry to solve some real, real problems that by solving them, you're helping consumers too. Well, that's great. And I think that's a great thought to, uh, to end on. And we really appreciate you, you coming today. And thank you to Shannon all the way from Italy for uh, making it happen. And uh, best wishes to you. And, and in a year or two, we'd love to have you back and, and, and hear how the process is, is continuing. It would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. And hopefully someday we can meet up in person. Oh, no question. No question. I love Atlanta at, or Georgia. I'll put, sorry. <laughs> okay. Bye now. So I have to tell you that we have had literally hundreds of people on the podcast in the past. And the products that amaze me are not have gotten fewer and fewer because the magnitude of them of 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 products seems to be shrinking in their scope and scale but this particular one today as you heard is is remarkable i encourage you to uh, reach out to scott he's a great guy and a great leader at pinpoint and we'll look forward to having lee back with us next time but we look forward to having you with us every time And so thank you for being here today. And until next time, we'll say goodbye, everybody.